Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 18th episode of the Believe in the Long Run podcast series. I am your host, Dom Santina. Welcome you back to another episode, and we would like to thank Lisa Benetton for joining the podcast last week. Remember, she was a runner at Penn State University and now is hosting her own podcast series. So if you're looking for a second podcast to listen to other than our long-run podcast here, you can go check out Believe in College Track and Field. That is her podcast, and we will continue to support her as well as we're now partnering together here in the Believe Podcast Network. Once again, we'd like to hit our social media. You can find us at Believe in the Long Run on Instagram and the Long Run 5 on Twitter. And you can catch all of our previous episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms. That is Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, Believe.com. Just look on your favorite platforms, search Believe in the Long Run, give it a like, a share, a subscribe, or feel free to comment on our social media. All of those would be greatly appreciated. We welcome any questions or comments you may have about our podcast episodes. And we look forward to seeing all the interaction from all of our listeners. One thing we've been really promoting lately, and I just ran one the other day, that is virtual races. Since we're not having any get-together races right now, and it looks like, unfortunately, the way things are trending in some states... Hopefully you don't get to the point, but the cases are starting to rise in certain areas where you might have to start shutting some things down a little bit, so we'll have to see what happens in the next few weeks and see if there will be any hope for any local races. They've already announced another big cancellation. I think a week or so ago we announced that the Boston Marathon has been canceled. Well, our hope for our second opportunity of hosting a big marathon in the United States has been shut down on Wednesday of last week, which was June 24th. They decided to cancel the New York City Marathon because of the coronavirus pandemic. Organizers and city officials had decided that holding the race on November 1st would be too risky. So they decided to cancel what would have been a very special edition of the New York City Marathon, and that would have been the 50th edition, and it is the world's world's largest marathon. And they decided to coordinate with the mayor's office and that the race would just pose too many health and safety concerns for runners and spectators and everyone else in attendance. So they did release a quote. It said, while the marathon is an iconic and beloved event in our city, I applaud New York Roadrunners Association for putting the health and safety of both spectators and runners first, Mayor Bill de Blasio said. We look forward to hosting the 50th running of the marathon in November of 2021. Just a few statistics from the 2019 New York City Marathon included a world record of 53,640 finishers. Last year's winner was Jocelyn Jetkowski of Kenya, 
who made her de debut at the 26.2 mile distance, and C Jeffrey Kim Warwar won the event for a second time in three years. Shlaine Flanagan, the 2017 New York City Marathon winner, also posted some comments to her social media as well. She said, let's not waste this moment. Let us become stronger athletes, stronger communities, and stronger world citizens. This, I know, is a setback, is just a step for a comeback. Please stay safe, visualize the streets in New York City in your training for 2021, and work hard when no one else is looking, because it pay always pays off. What's the best way to cope with disappointment or grieve a lost goal? I say go to for a run, and I totally agree, Shalane. And what a way to be an ambassador and a role model by coming out and encouraging people to still continue to run and to push for their dreams for the 2021 season. Those registered, just like in Boston, in for the 2020 New York City Marathon, they will have either a full refund or they can get guaranteed entry into 2021-2022 or the 2023 marathon. So really an interesting situation there, giving you three years for you to have an option to go run the New York City Marathon. If it was me, I'd take 2021, but I know there is, you know, people have their own things going on and who knows what's going to happen in November of 2021, but man, did we're sitting three years out from 2023. I mean, that's a really long time, a lot of time to put some training in. I don't know if I'd want to wait that long. But mark it down on the calendars. The 50th anniversary of the New York City Marathon will now be November 7th, 2021. Shalane finished her comments up with, She cannot wait to complete in my next New York Road Runners event when it is safe to do so. Registered runners for this year's event will be invited to participate in a virtual 26.2 mile race from October 17th to November 1st and they will release more details in July which if I get a hold of those I will let them know or pass them on to you. The only other time that the marathon was canceled, so Boston, this is the first time the Boston Marathon's ever been canceled. This is the second time the New York City Marathon was canceled, and it was canceled in 2012 when Superstorm Sandy caused extensive damage and strained the city's public safety resources. Officials decided just two days before the race to call it off, angering runners who had traveled to the city from around the world after assurances the event would go on. So a little black mark there. About eight years ago on the New York City Marathon, this year, well ahead of schedule, making sure no one else was going to have to deal with that and making sure they were all good and well aware before the race. On September 27th, the Berlin Marathon was supposed to go on, but on June 24th as well, on the same day, it was canceled as well. So that marks, that adds a third one to the list. And the Tokyo Marathon went on in March, but with only a couple hundred elite runners instead of a registered field of about 38,000. This is all found on an ABC article online. 
So the Tokyo Marathon, the only marathon that looks like is going to be completed in the 2020 season or year of 2020. And that was really before the or right kind of start of the pandemic coming into play. We saw it a little later here in the United States and elsewhere around the world, but that was kind of right as the pandemic was really starting to ramp up. We did, some of us did, I know I tuned in a little bit, get to see some running on June 27th. I'm recording this June 28th on a Sunday night, but last night on June 27th, we got to see a race in progress if you tuned in. I know I posted a little late to the Instagram story, but... The Team Boss Runners used their opportunity to get a first run in. It's the first time they've ran in five months in a race. But they also helped support the movement and for racial injustice. And on Saturday night in Boulder, Colorado, led by Coach Joe Bossard, they hosted the first ever Team Boss Colorado Mile, an attempt to break the Colorado State records in the event. And it was... Olympic bronze medalist Emma Colburn shattering the woman's record in the state of Colorado running a 432.72 in Grand Junction, Colorado taking first place in the mile run. The runners used the opportunity to help raise money to support black high school students with their education. They called it a pledge it fundraiser which asked for donations benefiting the Sachs Foundation, a nonprofit that provides college scholarships to black high school students in Colorado, which I think is an awesome charity. By the end of the event on Saturday night, the fundraiser had raised over $30,000 in donations, which surpassed the initial goal of $20,000. They used social distancing regulations, and it was kicked off on a live stream by FlowTrack, and I'm not going to bash on FlowTrack. I don't know if it was my Wi-Fi or maybe they were having some connection issues. I could watch it, but it was super glitchy. Like, it was all over the place for me. In and out, like, the announcing was in and out. The I saw the stream of the video, but the announcers were just cutting in and out. And I don't know if that was on my end or their end. So I'm not going to blame it on FlowTrack. Just it was kind of rough to watch. I didn't get there was an option to go back and rewatch it. And I don't know if it was a broadcast thing or if it was my streaming thing. I'll have to go back and see. But I was able to at least kind of know what was going on, and I knew a few of the runners, so I could pay attention. But it was just kind of rough to watch when I was watching it live, and it could have completely been on my end. I don't know. But they competed on the Colorado Mesa University's track, which sits at 4,583 feet of elevation. Colburn, Aisha, Pratt, Lear, Dom Scott, Eford, Maddie Alm, Danny Jones, and Corey McGee targeted the record of 436.05 set by Jones in 2018. Marathoner Laura Thweet, who finished Fifth at the U.S. Olympic Trials, paced the runners through the first 800 meters. In 2.18, she would eventually step off the track around the 1,000-meter mark. McGee took the lead up front, and then with the last about 600 to go, you saw some runners start to 
move up a little bit. And for the next 500 meters, McGee would lead the group of Colburn and Jones around the track until Emma Colburn put in a kick down the final home stretch. The steeplechase world champion set a new record with a winning time of 432.72. It says almost improving on her outdoor mile personal best of 431.08. McGee and Jones also broke that old record in the state of Colorado which was four, or McGee and Jones. McGee ran a 433.39, Jones a 434.50. So three girls under that record that was stood at 36, 436. Then it was time for the men's race to go off. They did a men's mile and a woman's mile. Women went first, men went second. The record was 401. So you had to run a sub four mile to break it. And it was set by Colorado All-American Joey Klecker earlier this year. The pacer brought the runners through the first 800 meters in 203 and the record seemed unlikely. But after halfway through, Morgan McDonald pushed through hopes and ran a negative split to break the record, running solo, the four-time NCAA champion accelerated on the last lap and crossed the line in 4.02.07, missing the record by one second. In second place was Trip Hurt, finishing in 4.05.36. And high school senior Cruz Culpepper, the son of Olympian Shane and Alan Culpepper, finished third in 4.08.80. So, the women broke the record thanks to Emma Colburn and a couple others. The men were one second off. I tuned out for a second and came back and missed the men's race. So, I didn't get to watch. I didn't have time to go back and watch it before I recorded this. So, I was curious to see. I caught the post race. I didn't think there was really not that big of a celebration. So, I didn't figure the men broke it. But, I hadn't gone back and watched it either. Some other races that I read an article on, I believe this was on Running World. And they mentioned some other races that have gone on. The Northern Arizona Elite in Team Boulder hosted a virtual two-mile time trial from Flagstaff, Arizona and Colorado. These are other races that have gone on in the coronavirus or COVID-19 period. Earlier in June, we talked about this just briefly in our last podcast. The Atlanta Track Club and the Oregon Track Club competed in a virtual track meet while raising funds for local nonprofits. And the Impossible Games reimagined the Oslo Diamond League meeting with virtual matchups that saw several several records fall on June 11th. All right, well couple other races there that I missed out on or I heard about and didn't really recognize they already happened but it was good to have some news and some racing to talk about here in our warm-up period but we have another guest coming in to our podcast and this one is another very qualified guest very a very talented athlete she ran at the University of Michigan. We have to give thanks to Kayla Keen for hooking us up here and getting us connected. But she was a two-time state champion in high school. 
runner-up at the 2013 USA Track and Field Junior Cross Country Nationals, earning All-American honors in 2013, two-time Foot Locker Cross Country Champion finalist. She was a member of the 2013 North America, Central America, and Caribbean NACAC Cross Country Junior Champion. She finished 34th at the IAAF World Cross Country Championships. She was a 32-meter state champion in 2012, five-time New Balance Nationals All-American, the 2012 New Balance Indoor Nationals 500-meter champion. The list goes on and on for college or for high school. Let's move on to her college. Mind you, that's only her high school accomplishments. In college, she was the 2018 Big Ten Medal of Honor winner, the 2016 Olympic Trials Qualifier. She holds a school record in the indoor 3K, indoor 5K, outdoor 5K, and outdoor 10K, four-time NCAA champion runner-up, three times in indoor and one in cross-country, nine-time individual All-American, only woman in college history to run 1530 or faster in two consecutive indoor championships in the 5K meter finals. Member of the 2016 NCAA runner-up cross-country team, two-time Big Ten champion in the indoor and indoor track and cross-country, and three-time NCAA Great Lakes Regional Championship team. She was the 2016 USTFCCCA Great Lakes Region Athlete of the Year, 10-time individual Big Ten champion. List goes on and on. I mean, I have like another page of things that she has accomplished. But her name is Erin Finn, and believe me, when I, even when I was interviewing her, I briefly looked through some of her statistics and I didn't even realize she's accomplished this much. She's one of the biggest names we've had on our podcast and she's done some amazing things not only on the track or on the cross country course but also in the classroom as well. So let's have me stop talking and let's introduce our next guest, Aaron Finn. Welcome to the podcast. First question I usually ask is just how did you get involved in running? Oh, I love when people ask me this question because I just um I used to always ask my parents that because it's kind of all I ever knew was running. I just um so I remember asking asking my mom, you know, when did I start to run? And her answer to me has always been, You've been running since, you know, you could walk and um so running has always just been my form of movement. It's been kind of very integral to, uh, to just who I am as a, as a human, just because it's how I move my body. Um, I started getting involved in the sport probably um, over the summers. I, I run once a summer at this 4th of, Ju- 4th of July race um, in West Branch, Michigan. And when I was five, I started beating my mom. And we're like, huh, someday maybe you should go off to the cross-country team. And um, sixth grade rolled around, and that's when I actually really started running. Or seventh grade, excuse me. That's when we, um, 
my middle school started uh, running. Okay. What made you choose Michigan? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you just going with the big hitters. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michigan, you know, so as much as running has always been, like, kind of very central to who I am as a human, it's never been the only thing. And I knew that by being a Michigan uh that by, being, that by choosing to go to Michigan, I'd be getting an ex. I'd be. I'd have the opportunity to have an excellent running career, but I'd also have the opportunity to have an excellent academic career. Um, and you know, um, for pretty much as long as I've uh, been a runner, I've also realized that I wanted to be like my mom, and my mom's a doctor, and so I knew I needed a really strong, uh, a really strong. Um, academic foundation to pursue that dream and I knew Michigan would provide that and then I guess another really important thing was I was following in the footsteps of some giants and some people who I really looked up to um, such as names like really big names in um, women's women's or girls high school running in Michigan Shannon Osika, Brooke Handler I knew if I went to Michigan I'd be able to be teammates with them and that was um, something that was really special to me. I'm looking at your profile on the Michigan webpage, and I already kind of knew, but your accomplishments in running are quite lengthy. What do you think really helped push you to achieve some of the success you've had? Oh, first of all, thank you. Um, Secondly, um, I think a lot of it honestly had to do with um, just who I was surrounded by at Michigan. Uh, I had, um, as I mentioned in my last the last question. I was surrounded by some incredible teammates, some incredibly talented women, um, who are went on who did really amazing things at Michigan, um, and who have gone on to do um, really crazy things. Shannon Osika last summer ran four hundred one in the fifteen hundred, and I got to train with her and look up to her. Uh, Brooke Handler was a multi-time All American, and then my own classmates, the people from my grade, they. Um, were so fantastic. I, I, we had so many uh, Big Ten champions from my class, and I was really just surrounded by excellence. And then um, our team culture really was one that expected excellence. Um, it wasn't a place where you were, you know, looked down upon if you didn't, you know, um, didn't win a Big Ten title, but. Um, the culture was that it was possible and that you had the resources and people believing in you for that to happen. So I'm looking, you made the 2016 Olympic trials. What was that experience like? Alas, it was no, it it did not happen. Um, I actually ended up getting injured right before the trials and so I did not run at them. So my goal was actually to run at the trials, uh, this summer, but obviously that was stymied as well. So the only trials I've actually run at are the um, 2012 trials where I was able to run in kind of like a high school, uh, what's the word, a high school... Like showcase sort of? Yeah, showcase. I think there's a word that starts with an E, but I can't remember. (laughs) That's all right. Oh, well. No big deal. So do you think you'll try next year? So I am currently a first-year medical student at Michigan, finishing up my first year, and 
I absolutely love it. But um, the one uh, problem with being a medical student is that our second year is crazy. Um, we kind of, that's when we do our clinical clerkships. So we're on the wards working like real people um, and not just like regular people, but like crazy people. Um, where we get to the hospital at 6 a.m., you know, and are there all day. So my training is going to look a lot different than it ever has before. So um, the goal, like, my running uh, dreams are definitely not over, but um, I don't know what my competitive near future looks like um, just due to the constraints of being a medical student. So, um, yeah, so I, I would love to compete at the 2020 trials, um, and I'm not ruling it out, but it's probably less likely at this point than it would have been if they were actually held in 2020. But I'm, you know, want to put my ring in the hat, or my hat in the ring, excuse me, for the 2024 marathon trials and potentially even being back on the track. So I definitely have big dreams still uh, with running. Well, I mean, that's very logical and reasonable and makes a lot of sense. And like you said, there's still there's still plenty of time and running may have to take just a back seat for a little bit, but in the bigger picture it'll be all worth it in the end, so Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So speaking of your medical, you know, studying at Michigan and everything, I talked about it a little bit earlier I don't remember when I talked about it but I did see an article about how you have started help helping in kind of a program with this virus at Michigan can you talk about that just a little bit sure yeah um, I had the honor of being asked to participate uh, in a team of students who you know decided to use the opportunity of the current pandemic to create a course to inform medical students um, about um, public health in general and public health in the context of COVID-19. And it was a really big honor because I'm super interested in education, I'm super interested in public health, and I'm a med student, so it really checked a lot of the boxes of, you know, things that I'm uh, things that I want to be involved in. So it was a really cool opportunity. And um, I was super interested in it, too, because um, I know at present there's kind of a gap between uh, between public health and medicine. And um, lots of, it, it's not a, public health isn't a component of a lot of medical education right now, even though it's essential to um community health and uh, good health outcomes overall for populations. And so it's something that is really uh, important. It's, it's really important for it to be taught. So um, to be able to play a role in helping educate my classmates was really cool. That is very cool, and you're doing great work there. I was reading more about it, as, as I said earlier. Thank you. You're welcome. One last tough question, and then we'll get to a couple quicker, lighter questions. What is there, I'll say because you've had quite a few, is there a couple moments that stand out more at your time at Michigan than any others? Oh, 100%. Um, my best memory uh, was the 2016 uh, NCAA Cross Country Ch National Championships. 
and um, we went in ranked probably in the top 10. So there were expectations of us to do well, but nothing extraordinarily special. Um, and I, we weren't like ranked to finish on the podium or anything special like that. Um, but then uh, the race went off and magic happened. And I um, ended up taking our team to uh, a second place finish. We lost to Oregon by only one point, and it tied our highest finish for Michigan ever, and it was also on my 22nd birthday, and after the race, um, all my teammates, including people who had driven down um, to, to the meet to watch, just kind of gathered me in this massive bear hug in freezing cold Terre Haute, Indiana, and just saying me happy birthday, and, you know, in the middle of everyone, in the middle of everything going on, in the middle of the mud and the cold, and I'm getting shivers, just shivers of joy, not shivers of cold, um, <laughs> just thinking about how special that was, and how, um, it's funny, because it was a little bittersweet then, um, but just because we were so close to winning, um, and I was also second place, um, just off that number one spot, and it's funny because the bitterness really has all gone away. And all I, all I have now are memories of just the people that I ran the race with and the, the, um, the magic that happened as we were racing and putting our hearts on the line and the love of like all my teammates. And it's just the most, one of the most special memories I have. That would definitely be a very special memory. And I could understand why that tops the list. Is there a fa- is there a favorite distance that you like to run? So this isn't. I don't know if this actually can count, but I really want to say the marathon because I cannot wait until I can finally until it's like finally time for me to race the marathon. Even though I've only ever run like eighteen miles, but that's besides the point. Um, uh, but I guess I really hope the marathon is my distance but if we're just talking like casual run versus race I love a good like 70 minute run I feel like that's a good it's like I feel like I've gotten like I've I've moved my body well and I've loosened up and it's enough time to really like get some good work in but it's also not so long that you're wiped out for the day (laughs) at all um so a good seventy-minute run is is a great time for just you know going out and going out in the sun and enjoying the day. All right. Well, we'll have to check in with you after you run your first marathon to see if your feelings are still the same. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is there a certain running brand that you like more than any others? Oh, I. Hmm. Let's see. I like anyone who will give me free stuff at this point. So <laughs> That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> All right, we can count that one. I'll give one last question. What When you do have free time, because we know you're super busy with medical school and when you do get to run, other than that, when you can find free time, what do you enjoy doing? Uh, don't, don't talk me up that high. Uh, I... I definitely waste time just like everyone else. Um, I love to um, spend time outside, and so that kind of mixes in with the running. But if I'm not running or I've exhausted my run for the day, um, there's nothing much more like going outside and going for a walk with friends or family or reading a book. Um, And then, obviously, I love Netflix. I love Grey's Anatomy. 
Um, and what's this? Let's, I'll think of a third because we always need three. And then um, I loved to oh spend time uh, in my with my church and church community and the friends I made there and. Um, yeah, the fellowship I have there. So there are my three. I know you didn't ask for three, but you gave me three anyways. <laughs> that works. All right. Thank you for your time, Aaron. All right. My pleasure. All right. Thank you once again to Aaron Finn for being able to join our podcast and sitting down for an interview. And thank you to Kayla Keen once again for hooking us up. And I definitely think now that we know even more about Aaron that we'll have to hook up sometime in the future. Maybe, as I mentioned, after she runs that marathon and get her back on the podcast, ask her a few more questions and talk to her a little bit more because she has surely accomplished a ton of things, not only in the classroom, but on the courses as well as I mentioned in the intro. We will now move to our cool down portion and we got rule number 13 of our 25 golden rules. And this one is one of them that I agree with probably more than any others that we've had so far. The rule is to be safe, run facing traffic. And I've really, this is one that early on in my running career I didn't really focus on too much. Now I'm almost like anal about it. I focus so much on this. And it's, it is important. But the quote with the rule is, when running, it's better to watch the traffic than have it come up from behind you. It's a law in California and many other states to run on the left side unless you're on the sidewalk. The exception, the right side of the road is safer when running into left blind hand curves where there's a narrow shoulder. The right side also can be safer if there's construction on the left side. Yeah, like I said earlier, when I started running, I really didn't focus on it now, but to me, it's just so much more of not having to worry about if there's a car coming behind you or if that car's paying attention that you're there. If you're facing the car, you know for a fact that cars can see you, you can see it, and you can react a lot better. And it just, it just lets you focus on your run more. When you're running towards traffic, it's... You know, you know when there's a car coming, you don't have to worry about something sneaking up behind you. And that one I 100% agree with. It should be done at all times as long as possible. I know when I run, one of the routes I run, there's a pretty sharp curve. So I always go to the outside of the curve. Even if I'm running towards traffic, I'll run to the other side of the road and have traffic come in behind me just because it's a curve. And with a blind curve car could come around and hit you if you're on the inside and, you, and they don't know you're there so but for the most part always run facing traffic that's the safest and best way to go totally agree all right we're going to move to our 5k training tips and actually this will wrap up our 5k training tips these will be the last couple that we have for the month of june it says, when you're training for 5K, sleep, hydration, and nutrition are just as important. And I totally agree. Like I said, a lot of these times I look at different websites that kind of help base my conversation and where it's going to go. And so definitely seven to nine hours of sleep per night. Totally agree. This is a good tip that I didn't really think about or consider. Is It says to sleep in total darkness to heal your muscles. Whenever possible, go to bed. No later than 10 p.m. I definitely don't follow that. I usually try to get in bed no later than 11, sometimes 11.30. 
but I do know I have heard that it is better to try to get more sleep the, the same night than after midnight. So, but total darkness, I mean, I leave my TV on sometimes, but most of the time I am sleeping in total darkness. So, but interesting, did not know that. Also, it always says stay hydrated. We should always stay hydrated. Um, the the website that I found gave you a little, a few different calculations on how to stay hydrated. And so I'm not going to mention those because it's all based on weight. But it always mentions, you know, good heating habits when you're in the sun a lot. Drink proper nutrition. And you can go to the United States Department of Health and Human Services website that helps you build a healthy eating pattern and all of that as well. Our second tip is a training schedule. It's always best to kind of build up a schedule and plan for what you are going to do. So it mentions a well-developed plan will ensure that you make proper adjustments in your running routine which are essential to reducing your risk of injury. This was on zero how or ohow.com and it talks about just making sure that you're and for me a training plan just keeps me accountable I know I need to run on these days this is how I need to run this is where I need to run this is it just helps base all my runs if I have a training plan and it just keeps me motivated when I don't have a training plan it's up to me I can run whenever I want and we talked about it with Lisa last week there's sometimes I just don't feel like running and when I have that training plan in front of me it's not even a it's not even it's not that I still can't decide but it just makes me want to because I'm like okay I'm training for this I have this training plan in front of me so I need to go do this because if I want to achieve my goals I need to follow this plan so always writing out even if it's not a detailed plan just kind of planning out your runs throughout the week is always a good idea all right guys that's going to wrap it up this week I'm going to continue hopefully with these guests working on a couple more to get in here i thought this one was a great one and we'll welcome aaron finn back anytime she wants once again gonna hit the social media and our podcast platforms you can find us on instagram at believe in the long run and on twitter at the long run five feel free to like and comment if you have any questions or concerns or anything you want to share about our podcast or anything you'd like to see in the podcast episodes and then also go check out our previous podcasts you can find them on your favorite platforms such as google play apple itunes spotify stitcher or you can go to our website at believe.com just go to your favorite platform search believe in the long run and you will find us there make sure while you're there give it a like a share, a follow, a subscribe, all of the above. So that way we can keep bringing you some long-distance conversations and awesome guests like we've had not only today but in the past as well. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. We're going to still we still have one bonus podcast we have to get in for missing a week, but we'll fit it in when I can. And if we don't get one in later this week, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.